this is exactly PXM, right? It's not always trying to implement a technical answer. It's also trying to, to work on the process, the skills, so the human aspect of it, and then potentially leverage the technology behind it. We are back for Series 3 of Transformation Stories from the award-winning Veltech Cafe. This series, we're talking innovation, commerce, emotive marketing, and career changes. We'll also dip into trends in fintech, digital health, retail, mobility, manufacturing, and speak to CEOs, CDOs, SMEs, and lots of other acronyms too. As always, you can expect gloriously unscripted discussions that shed an open and transparent light on the ebb and flow of our digital world. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. 86% of customers are unlikely to buy products from a brand after an experience with incomplete or inaccurate product information. Enter the world of PXM, Product Experience Management. Today, we'll find out what it is, why it's critical for commerce success, and what brands need to do to make sure they're giving their customers the best experience possible. I'm joined by Raf Iska, Global PXM and Product Strategy Director at Valtech, to find out more. So, Raf, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tizi. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for joining. And that was a relatively brief intro in my intro intro history. So hopefully saving the space for lots to talk about today. I started in that intro with that massive statistic. So 86% of customers are unlikely to buy if they have a bad product information experience. We know that brands have made massive steps forward when it comes to their commerce experiences. So tell me, what is it that is still stopping people from buying? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, TZ. Actually, think about you as a, as a customer, right? When you're going to stores, going to shopping directly in stores, you can have a physical uh, contact with the products, right? You can see the colors, you can touch the material, Um, You can basically compare. And if you're missing any type of information that you cannot see, you're probably going to ask an advisor or someone in store to to help you with your questions. Think now about the exact same experience of you going to a a website um, and trying to get the same type of connection with the products. Um, If you don't have the information, if you don't have an image, if you don't see a 360 video of the product, um, if you don't are not able to touch the material, um, it becomes difficult for you to do a choice, to mm-hmm. select the product and to make the purchase. So you have no one to ask the questions to, right? So it's important for brands to be able to describe the information or the product as much as possible with a list of specifications Um, describing the colors, adding videos, assets, maybe sometimes um, guides on how to choose the product. For example, for a shoe, um, size guides and things like that. Um, So when I'm I'm talking missing information, um, you have lots of websites who are just lacking those kind of information, right? You just see maybe um, a title of your product 
sometimes even maybe a, an image, just one image really static of your product, but you're missing lots of angles. You're missing um, maybe the sizes. You're missing lots of elements that will help you make your choice. So there are several things, right? First, maybe you enter a website, then you need to search for a category. So your product in, is probably in one of uh, the categories of your website. Sometimes it's even misplaced. So the shoe goes under maybe um, uh, T-shirts, you know, and then you're not able to find a product. Sometimes even you, you just go to the search bar, you type a certain specific product you're looking for, and instead of getting shoes, you get hats because there is a lack of connections between the technology and exactly what is the customer experience, right? Sometimes even, um, I would say, um, for example, a few uh, months ago, I started, uh, I wanted to renovate my uh, bathroom, right? And I started trying to compare bathtubs um, online. And it was interesting because lots of distributors of bathtubs offer lots of brands who are sharing or describing their own, their products with lots of different attributes. So basically I couldn't compare bathtubs between each other, between each brands. I had to download guides and then go really into technical manufacturing uh, information to be able to make a decision. So finally I ended up going to the stores to get that same information. So this is what we're talking about, right? Really bad experience online that are not able to reproduce the physical connections with both products and with the brands through advisors, right? So that's a little bit of what I'm talking about with missing information so that a customer can make a, a selection. We have so much to unpack from all of that. And I love the fact that you've just talked about baths, Raf, because I actually recorded another podcast this morning where I also spoke about my experience of buying a bath. So I feel your pain. And of course, this bad experience that is happening with customers, of course, uh, damages the biz damages business, damages revenue and, and causes causes serious issues. So surely companies are aware of that. Why are they still struggling to deliver these improvements when they know that they're so critical? Yeah, I believe that most of brands think that selling products online is only about e-commerce, about features on the e-commerce websites, about SEO optimization, about um, uh, marketing. Um, but they forget about what is that a customer needs as information to make the selection. That's one. And then I think they forget about their, their inf the information customer need is not manufacturing information. It's really different between describing a product manufacturing-wise on how you've built it, how you've conceived the product, and what is the minimal information customer needs to make that selection, you know? Um, and I think sometimes that's the gap. And why? It's because a product start being manufactured, right? So the first interactions internally at customers who basically are engineers describing technically your product. And then I think there is really several teams in the process of taking that manufactured product up to a website to translate that technical information 
into more customer-facing data. Um, and the, pro the process is really long, right? You have engineers who then send the product information to maybe uh, product managers who start doing a first translation of the product into more customer data. Then you have the marketing, of course, who needs to make it more like data prettier or data more simple or simpler for the, for the customers. So really simplify the communication. But in between all these different teams up to the merchandising department who validates the, 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 the products to be sold on different channels, such as websites, marketplaces, etc., there might, might be lots of losses of data, right? So really data loss is, is a big problem. Communication between different types of teams who are incentivized on different angles, right? For example, recently I, I worked with, um, with, with an outdoor gearing uh, retailer. And basically the first people who were getting data from brands, from manufacturers, were the purchasing department. And when they were receiving all those products from brands with really poor information, they had to do lots of effort to collect data so that then they, need, they, they can push that to the marketing department. And in there, there were lots of wishes to, to, to be more efficient at data collection because a purchasing guy is not someone who enriches or collects data for the customer. There are some people who need to buy high volumes at a low price. So there is a gap between what a purchasing department person um, is incentivized on and what he needs to do to collect information for the rest of the group. And basically what we saw is that there were lo lots of lacks of communications between purchasing department, then marketing, then merchandising. So lots of errors would end up on the website. Um, missing information, misplaced products that were categorized more on incentives, but internal incentives. So finally, it wouldn't make any sense for the end customer. With no revisions, no internal gov governance to make it more of a data governance, right? So there is not, um, today, lots of companies are really lacking a unified team to manage customer-facing data, taking lots of different functions from the company who need to work together to collect that data and translate that into more of a customer language. What happens, Raf, when you have an enormous manufacturing company who is creating hundreds of thousands of products? Is this an issue of scale and volume as well? I mean, are you, are you ever going to find a, a content team or a web team who are going to be able to create product information that is valuable for the end customer across a huge number of, of products? And we're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of products. Yeah, I, I, I think you're totally right, right? Like manufacturers have lots of products to distribute. So basically there is a pressure of, I'm creating thousands of products per year. But I think the challenge is that companies try to push everything online, right? They don't prioritize. So, and, and I'm not talking everyone does it, right? But most of companies have that challenge of getting the pressure from the engineers or the, the people who create the product. So basically, when you have a product created, a physical product, then you need to sell it. 
So they try to go at the same pace to be able to offer all the products that are being manufactured online instead of doing kind of the other way around. Maybe let's try to see what our customer need or could be um, needing online and let's prioritize by categories. And maybe we only select a few products from each category and we try to describe it the best we can instead of trying to offer everything uh, really quickly. So that's what I call the... <laughs> The moonwalk theory, you know, the, the, the moonwalk like for, for Michael Jackson's. But basically the idea is to start from the end, right? From the destination, from customers, from what is exactly that they need, what are they, they looking for, and then maybe offer only what is going to make a difference, right? So don't try to push all the, the information uh, at once. Don't try to push all your catalog at once. Try to prioritize first, prioritize also... Um, the platforms you're selling your products on, right? Because manufacturers today now sell on their own websites, but go to lots of distribution partners, lots of different platforms who are offering the same data in different formats. So you need really to have a strong governance internally, start prioritizing the products you, you need to, to, to sell online, and then go backwards on who do I need around the table to best describe my, my product with no errors. What's the minimal information my customer needs to make a decision today? So, so that's kind of uh, what, we, what we try to push for lots of manufacturing companies uh, that, that try to you know, sell everything uh, and, and get lots of volumes online with really poor information, almost just a title and a description of the product with no further details. So you started to touch on it then. Let's go into that in more detail, considering that there might be brands or companies listening to this who recognize this problem. Where do they start? What is needed from those brands in practical terms to make those changes? So whether we're talking about technologies, processes, organizational change, where do they actually need to, to start to start prioritizing everything that we're talking about here? It's easy. You're hitting on the best questions here. Basically, we see a, a huge change recently in that space because I would say that 10 years ago, they were, there was a promise that a technology could help companies efficiently automate the translation from a manufacturing uh, description to a marketing description almost in an automated way, right? Like uh, all alone, just the technology needed to be in place and then almost an automatic data flow would go from the creation of a product up to being able to push that product online to multiple platforms. And, and that technology is the PIM, or the Product Information Management System. Uh, today, we, we work with multiple technologies. We, we support lots of integrations like that. But the challenge was that lots of brands would go to PIM provider first, try to select the technology that we'd that would magically automate all their uh, data challenges and then wait for it to happen, right? The problem of that is there are people, you know, behind those platforms. There are lots of teams who need to communicate. Of course, the technology helps efficiently manage and centralize attributes, assets, videos, guides, Lots of information that you need to be able to sell your data online, right? 
but without looking at processes, at people you need behind that to make it work, there is like a gap, like nothing happens, right? So in the last year and a half, almost since COVID, I believe that that first integration happened, first challenges or lack, lacks of adoption of those PIM solutions happen. And then um, brands started looking again about the first implementation and saying, hey, maybe we did something wrong. Maybe the problem is not so much the technology supporting us towards data management, but maybe it's more the people, the skills around how to translate a manufacturing description or technical description into a more marketing. And this is where we came up with what we call the PXM, right? Product Experience Management. So trying to link the experience you try to offer online to how do, you, how do you fuel that information? Who's behind that? How do they need to collaborate? We need someone from the purchasing department. We need someone from the marketing team. We need someone from the merchandising team to help us see what is the information they need um, on different platforms, you know? So now we're getting more and more companies asking us even to review their processes, their governance. Um, recently, we, we've worked again, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the same example, but with an outdoor gearing company in, in Canada. And uh, we, we created a new team, an ex a product experience team that was not existing. And with several functions from their company working towards the same goal, which would be deliver the accurate data to clients and see and compare the conversion of a product page with more data, with better data, quality data, um, than one with lacks of information, you know? So uh, that's where we're seeing lots of uh, companies reviewing their processes, their data governance, defining their attributes, defining exactly what customer needs, documenting it, I think it's always good to be able to try and put these things into context. I mean, you're mentioning the outdoor brand, outdoor wear brand a bit. Is there a, a client, or maybe it's them, is there any, any other client where you can give us a real example of where you've gone through this process with them and the results that that has, has garnered? A year and a half ago, we worked with a home building uh, company and they had a challenge is basically they were offering lots of tools uh, to renovate your, your bathroom, for example, TZ. And uh, the challenge is that <laughs> you, you would be going on those those websites and trying to type, I need a, I don't know, maybe a, a hammer of a certain size, you know, or a, a screwdriver for a certain type of uh, screws, right? And you wouldn't get any results because the, the, the search bar wasn't connected to uh, the PIM information, wasn't connected to the specifications. And whenever it was connected with those specs, for example, size, color, uh, material, the information would be empty. So basically the customer wouldn't find anything on the catalog. So what we, what we did is first trying to sit with the different uh, teams, the ones owning the websites, uh, the ones owning manufacturer's information, so more the purchasing department, the ones from the IT team um, administrating the, the technologies. And all along, we defined that at the first step of that sequence, 
we already had a lack of information from the manufacturers. So we went to collect that information. And then we were able to notice that at the IT stage, so more on the technology side, um, we needed to configure the search bar to be reviewing you know, all the attributes, not just only the title and the description. And then seeing with website owner on how to push all that information together and make it live on the website. By doing this, honestly, in less than a month, we saw the searches hitting skyrocketing results and conversion being higher. Like, uh, I think it was around 12%. Quick and significant. Exactly. Quick and significant. And we chose a specific category for that. You're not obliged also, as I mentioned earlier, right? We talked about prioritization. You're not obliged to, to run the whole catalog. You can also do maybe start with a specific category and trying to push, to push that category forward for a certain season. Let's say, for example, right now, it's uh, the first day of uh, snow in Montreal. Maybe you want, if you're a, a retailer, you want to push your, your uh, snow coats, you know? So you can also, depending on the season, maybe focus on certain types of products and start optimizing it. So this is exactly PXM, right? It's not always trying to implement a technical answer. It's also trying to, um, to work on the process, the skills, so the human aspect of it, and then potentially leverage the technology behind it. What about from an organizational standpoint? Again, if brands are listening to this, are they then thinking, I'm going to have to hire in a whole new team for this? I'm going to have to hire in new people? What does it mean structurally for them to be able to, to cope with this in the long term? I think that is a bit of a change uh, in, a, in an organization. Uh, it's what we call change management, right? That no companies want to invest on that because it's scary, right? It's scary because you're saying, I'm paying an organization to come in and identify everything that's not working correctly. Basically, when you say you need a new team or a product experience team to run, um, to run that project or that PXM world and deliver quality data to my customers, you're not necessarily talking about hiring a bunch of new people, right? You're trying to figure out who in your organization could be working together towards the same goals. So I'm not, I'm not really talking new skills. I'm really talking taking owners from each function, from the purchasing department, from the engineering team, from the, the marketing team, from the merchandising team, and make them almost sit around the table and understand what is each other's objectives? So the engineer would say, oh, I need to, uh, to make the most perfect uh, product in the world with as many technical specifications we can imagine. And the marketing would answer, hey, you know what? I love what you're saying because I don't need all that information from the customer facing, but maybe I need to translate 10% of all the information you're, you're telling me in, in, in words client can understand because clients are thinking usage or thinking use cases or thinking, you know, uh, all these kind of things. So basically putting everyone around the table and understanding each other's challenges on day-to-day -day basis, it's the first step. So here I'm just reorganizing teams and make a communication bridges between each other. 
And you're going to tell me, yes, Raf, but how do you make that happen if I'm, I've been working in that company for the last 20 years? Well, maybe there you need a new skill or you need someone who can coordinate that, right? Like a, we call that a, a PXM champion. Um, it's not someone who knows deeply about data. He's not a data expert. He's not a data specialist. He's not an engineer. He's someone who knows how to make people communicate to the, together and view the whole, um, the whole sequence from product creation up to product selling on different platforms. And he's, he's able to understand who needs what exactly, right? What is the minimal information I need at every stage and, and really coordinate that. So you don't need that many new people uh, but you need a new skill that is someone who can own that change internally. Um, so that's that's one. Um, then you can get some external help for sure, right? You can get like um, agencies like uh, like us to, to to bring our expertise and kind of create that initial data governance, documentation, organization, support that change. Um, and then our our rule is to make our clients autonomous as soon as we can, right? It's to give them the change in their hands so they can bring that to the finish line uh, alone. In a moment, we'll come back to the next tangible steps for those brands who have listened to this. And again, it's resonated with them. They realize and identify that this is something that they desperately need and want to get a hold on. I'm interested from a personal perspective, from a personal shopping perspective. It's something, uh, particularly with my bathroom and my kitchen, that I have been spending a lot of time looking at on, uh, you know, manufacturer websites or or huge kind of DIY retailer websites, trying to understand if it's the right product. The thing that influences me most, I would say, when I'm choosing between two products or three products is customer reviews. And I'm wondering if this features at all in what you think about or what you look at because I am the product information of course is very important but if I have between two products that are similarly priced on a website so many companies now offer that whether it's Trustpilot or whatever else the review system the comments the ability for customers to add a comment I'm heavily influenced by that so where does that come in as part of PXM if at all no, that's, that's really super interesting. And I do believe that started with lack of information again, right? Uh, because you wouldn't have all your information, you would allow people to rate your product so that at least they can discuss about usage. They can discuss about experience with the product already. Some people who have purchased it and can describe it in a way, in a way that company don't know how to describe that. It's the so ultimate think- customer experience, right? Exactly. And, and, and that's really, I think, a good way for companies to leverage that information to understand how to describe again your product in more of a contextual way, like the context of the customer, the context of the usage. Um, and I do believe that started like that. Um, now, uh, lots of technologies and, and PIM technologies use uh, that integration with uh, trust pilots and, and, and lots of rating uh, uh, platforms to unify that and have almost all your customer-facing data information centralized in one place. So you could almost, as a merchandiser, see your NPS score of certain products 
um, the rating of certain products compared maybe to the amount of data you're sharing on that product. We, we talk about um, in the PIM world about completeness rules. Uh, how complete is my product page for a client? So that can help also guide brands to understand how complete is your product page um, compared to what a client is saying and do I have the right descriptions? Do I have the right attributes um, to share with my, uh, with my customers? So yeah. I think it's, a, it's really a good connection between experience and how and where is the data originated? Uh, yeah. A really good yeah. indicator. I think that's so interesting, so interesting and so influential. But um, that combination of yeah, specifics and dimensions and very formalized user uh, or product data versus yeah, in situ user customer experience, customer feedback. The more information that's provided like that, the richer the information from multiple sources that exists on that one page, the less likely I am to leave that page as well and to go to another comparison, to go to a different website to make a comparison. The more information I can get up front, the more likely I am to convert and to buy. Okay, this has been a brilliant overview, very thorough, very clear. You speak very articulately about this, which is a huge help. Thank you. There's a lot to think about. So if brands have been listening to this, and again, they've heard what you've said, they want to know maybe how good maybe then they they want a better understanding of how good their product information is or what their overall experience is like what should they do what are the tangible next steps that they that they can take is that an audit is that a conversation what does that look like yes i do believe that an assessment uh, a product experience assessment is really important uh, because it connect connects the dots between uh, the e-commerce aspect of it um, and more the PIM world. And we're trying to understand first, from a customer standpoint, um, do they have everything they need to, to make the conversion, to make the sell? That's one. Um, then they, they don't think technology first. They think process. Do I have the right people around it? Do I have the right processes to deliver that information? And by building all those use cases and understanding how to communicate that information, then you can go and, and maybe search for a technology that could support your needs. And it could be numerous technologies, right? It could be PIM, that is for attributes and more specifications. It could be DAM, Digital Asset Management Platforms, which is more for assets and uh, editing uh, videos, editing and working with creative agencies to, uh, to, to have a validation workflow to then be able to push finished assets to your PIM and then potentially to your websites and different channels. Um, it could be even PLMs, you know, uh, product lifecycle management systems to create the best products, more for uh, product management uh, thinking. So there are multiple options and technology in the world uh, to support what you need. But first, it's super important uh, to think that it's not just an IT pro project. It's more of a program that contains people uh, who are going to lead it uh, internally, um, processes, and then, yes, um, technologies, right? Um, so, so that's, I think, the first step is really running what we call an assessment um, that could, could be like between one and two months um, with people on our team, more business analyst type of people, 
um, to ask lots of questions, to bring the right people in the room, do lots of several workshops, understand your product, your industry, um, where you're coming from, what could impact on or grow your sales first, and then go backwards to how do we create that data. Okay, Raf, you've given us so much amazing information. Thank you so much for that. Great next steps for people. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, TZ, for, for having me today. Um, I think I've been trying to spread that uh, information in PXM world since uh, the last four years now um, that I've been creating my department across the globe. So hopefully I help brands understand what it is to, uh, to run a product experience management program. Um, and uh, yeah, please hit me if any questions. I will try to make sure to uh, answer any questions and comments. Thank you again. You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtec Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtech.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.